So Vlad III was born sometime between 1428 and 1431. See, I always got to wonder about that, because how do you not know, like, what year he was born? I mean, are there, like, multiple reports? Oh, he's born in, I think, 1428, or did they just forget? I think they lost the birth certificate. Oh, okay. Well, just just like Obama. <laughs> Vlad was born in Kenya in... No, <laughs> We're not going to get hate for that. <laughs> Our Patreons all quit right immediately. <laughs> Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. I was betrayed. Look what your God has done to me. Wait, is that the Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yes. Oh, okay, I need to see that still. It's it's fun. Oh, I hear it's weird, but... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's Gary Oldman, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I love Gary Oldman. So yeah. Anyway, we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. Hooray! The way this works is that James <laughs> and I will do our amateurish best to give you a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? Vampires. <laughs> There's no way I could have figured that out by you quoting <laughs> yeah, Dracula. Okay, so, vampires. That's good, uh, because we didn't get enough blood from oh. last week's episode. Uh, who was your vampire, James? Vlad the Impaler. And what about yours? Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> mm. Yeah, buckle up, my friends. This is gonna be bloody. So, uh, shall we mosey on down to the history lab? By all means. Where'd that fucking cat go? There he is. Don't let him get on the elevator. I left him down in the lab once and he tore shit up. Transylvania. Wallachia. Slovakia, Hungary. What do these places have in common? Blood-sucking parasites, shady killers, and haunted castles. Here, the myth of the vampire reached its classical fruition. The two Draculas, as they were called, Vlad the Impaler and Elizabeth Bathory, both hailed from this gloomy region of the world. There goes our entire Slavic demographic. Good job. Both with dark mythologies and truths surrounding them. Both from auspicious families. Both living lives filled with controversy. This is the story of the real vampires. Oh, I miss this dusty old place. We were just down here a week ago. Computer, please bring up Vlad the Impaler and Elizabeth Bathory. Mm. Hmm. What? At least it's not Siri. Well, yeah, at least that. Ah, well, okay. Now, let's begin with the physical descriptions of these vampires. I suppose I will start. Go for it. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about Elizabeth Bathory's little description here, and she is, I'm, I might say, a beautiful little lady, <laughs> but it's hard to tell with these old paintings. She was rumored to be very beautiful, though. Uh, okay. From what I can gather from the painting, her face was rather flat, and she had a nose shaped like a Roman arch. Mm. Uh, though, that's probably more from the lack of detail in those old paintings than any fault of her own. So The best thing about her, though, is her fashion sense, which is so 1500s. Dear God. She's got a giant parachute of a collar on and a hat that makes her look like her brain has been left exposed from a motorcycle accident. Hmm. What was Elizabeth Bathory best known for, Aaron? She is, allegedly, allegedly, the world's most prolific female serial killer. Christ, we have to pick less depressing people. We do this to ourselves, James. Uh, so tell us, what did uh, Vlad the Impaler look like? Okay, well, we actually have a physical description of Vlad given to us by a name, a guy named Niccolo Madrusa. And I'd trust anybody with that name. Oh, yeah. I mean, my gardener's named Niccolo Madrusa. So, so is mine. Maybe it's the same gardener. No, impossible. Okay. But <laughs> anyway, so what this guy says about Vlad is, I quote, Vlad was not very tall, but very stocky and strong, with a cold and terrible appearance, a strong and aquiline nose. <laughs> what is that word? <laughs> Do you know that word? I think it means, like, a horse. Let's Google it. 
Aqualine, Aqualine, Aqualine. Yeah, low, like an eagle. Oh, oh it's got an eagle nose. <laughs> it's got an eagle nose. Well, swollen nostrils. Swollen an eagle nose with swollen nostrils. <laughs> this is going far. A yes. thin and reddish face mm-hmm. in which the very long eyelashes framed large, wide open green eyes. Kind of great. The bushy black eyebrows made them appear threatening. His face and chin were shaven, but for a mustache. Oh. The swollen temples increased the bulk of his head. A lot of swollen stuff on this guy. <laughs> Swollen Maybe. temples. <laughs> it's a oh. headache. And finally, a bull's neck connected with his head from which black curly locks hung on his wide-shouldered person. Wow, that is quite a description. Better than Bathory, I will say. Yeah. But, uh, so uh, what was uh, Vlad the Impaler best known for, James? Well, uh, impaling people. <laughs> it's just a cop-out, man. <laughs> no, that's actually it. Well, I want to hear about these impalings in detail later on, okay? I mean, only way to make up for a cop-out answer. There wasn't a cop-out! And segue! Speaking of cop-out. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about Elizabeth Bathory's early life. Let's do it! All right. Elizabeth Bathory, or in the much funnier Hungarian, Bathory Erzabet. Mm. <laughs> You're pissing off our Hungarian listeners. I'm sorry, you Hungarians, you. Um, that's, that's, it's not funny, Erzabet. Just, I don't know. Anyway, so Elizabeth was born on a hot August day in 1560. She was the daughter of the nobility of the Kingdom of Hungary and Transylvania. Case closed. She's a vampire. That's all it takes. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, <laughs> so Transylvanians automatically equal vampires? Uh, yes, yes. Got it. Yes, they do. Please go on. Anyway, so she spent her childhood growing up in a castle. Go figure. Her father, George, was the brother of the Voivod of Transylvania. And I think that's how you pronounce Voivod. I think you're right. Anyway, so it's, uh, the Voivod is apparently the highest office available in the land at the time besides the king, obviously. Interestingly, I heard that when there's no Voivod, it's a void... Vo- Voivode. Shoot me! <laughs> Gladly! <laughs> so her mother was Anna... Her mother was Anna Bathory, daughter of Stephen Bathory, who was another Voivode of Transylvania. And if you're wondering why this man and his wife have the same last name, don't worry, it's not incest. Oh, no. <laughs> At least if you're not talking about, you know, strictly within the immediate family. If you're talking about cousins, yeah, I mean, it's incest. Uh, but that's how things were done at the time, so not that weird, not that weird. And Ellie, if you're listening to this, cousins getting together, mm. it's a historical thing, right? I don't make the traditions. Oh, fucking <laughs> don't Christ. Feel bad. Don't feel bad. It's perfectly natural to f- with a and a black lad. Oh, my fucking God. Perfectly natural. I'm calling the police. Jesus, James, overreact much? Get a job. Get a job. Oh, for fuck's sake, unemployment is not in any way comparable to incest. <laughs> That's Benson how you're doing it, James. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so Bathory's, the Bathory's were super powerful and incestuous, and their mm. jurisdiction fell just short of the whole goddamn province. Yep. And now the Bathory's were all Protestants, but they were a particular kind of Protestant. They were Calvinists, Uh-oh. and this will come up later. Elizabeth, being nobility, immediately got used to her wealth. Uh, she was extremely well-educated and was very, very interested in medicine. This will also come up later. Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> now, Elizabeth had a little fling with a peasant boy and had a child. You know, but paid a woman to take the kid off her hands because, you know, she was only 13 when she oh. had the kid. And get this. She was engaged when she had this kid. Wait. Six plus... Yes, yeah, yeah. She's been engaged for two fucking years before she had this kid. Can you do the math, James? I can't. Can you? Because that means Elizabeth was engaged at 11 fucking years old. Not even old enough to drive a carriage. Mm. (laughs) But anyway, her having a love child didn't stop shit. The reason being what you'd expect. The marriage was political. But Elizabeth was way more important than her husband, actually, so she was allowed to keep her name. Hmm. Now, they didn't get married until Bathory was 15, and her husband, Ferenc, was 19. Not that weird. It's the Middle Ages. Whoa. A little after the Middle Ages, uh, arguably. Shut up, nobody cares. Well, I just don't want any angry history nerds to bombard well, us with... Uh, technically, most scholars agree that the late Middle Ages did not come to an end until 1453 <laughs> or 1492, and you said Lady Bathory was born in the 16th century. Oh my god. But then then again, what do I know? I can't do basic math. That's right, you can't. You're a history nerd, I don't mm. know. Well, anyway, well, where was I? You just distracted me with that nerd voice. <laughs> the wedding. Uh, anyway, right after the wedding. I'm sorry. <clears throat> anyway. Right after the wedding, Ferenc goes off to Vienna to study, uh, 
Uh, something or other. Wikipedia doesn't say. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bathory stayed home in a castle that Ferenc had bought for her called Chaksa Castle. Hmm. And yes, I did have to look up the pronunciation for that because I'm a dumbass who can't read words good. Anyway, Chaksa Castle incorporated 17 surrounding villages. And this will also come up later. Oh, I'm already <laughs> feeling sorry for those 17 villages. Um, you'll get ready. No. <laughs> uh, so while Ferenc was studying in Vienna, he was called to be a commander in the war against the Ottomans. So Bathory has been alone for three years at this point. She's gotten used to managing the land and the peasantry in his absence. And she was reportedly very good at business, and her interest in medicine came to good use, as she brought in many physicians to care for her people hmm. while her husband was gone. Um, and she was also very conscious of how the women in particular in her care were being treated. <clears throat> she went out of her way, reportedly, to take care of a woman whose husband had been captured in the war, as well as some poor girl who had been raped and impregnated. Wow. Uh, impregnated. Uh, yeah, this will also come up later. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, so far, she actually sounds pretty awesome. I mean, this gal's actions are commendable. She runs a kingdom. She's got a name we can pronounce. <laughs> I don't really see any problems so far. Well, uh, you know, just wait, because no. it's about to get worse. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So uh, all those good things you're talking about are actual gateways. No, no gateways. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, my dearest audience, my dear listeners. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Vlad the Impaler's early life. Oh, goody. So, get ready. That's on deck. I filed my income tax returns and thought I'd say... Okay, so we are back to We Talk About Dead People, and we're about to talk about Vlad the Impaler's early life when he was a cute little kid. Right, James? That's right. Yeah. All right. So uh, how did uh, how did our boy Vlad begin? Our boy Vlad the Impaler did not begin life by being known as an Impaler. Probably a good enough. thing. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> uh, his actual name was Vlad the Third oh. because he was the third Vlad. <laughs> okay. Well, that's three Vlads. Well, <laughs> okay. Here. The story's going to get a little confusing. Vlad, lad. Oh, sorry. That's stupid. Okay. Oh, gosh. It's going to get confusing. Because the name Vlad is a popular Slavic name. Oh, And there are multiple Vlads in the story. Okay, so there's more than three. Yeah. Well, Uh, uh, (laughs) around there. Just remember that Vlad III is our guy. Okay. Vlad Vlad III. All right. Okay. So Vlad III was born sometime between 1428 and 1431. See, I always got to about that, because how do you not know, like, what year he was born? I mean, are there, like, multiple reports? Oh, he's born in, I think, 1428, or did they just forget? I think they lost the birth certificate. Oh, okay. Well, just somewhere. like Obama. Yeah. <laughs> Vlad was born in Kenya in... No, <laughs> We're not going to get hate for that. <laughs> Our Patreons all quit right immediately. Uh, okay. Uh, so what was... Uh, what, he was born in 1428 or 1431, we don't know, and... Uh, his father's name was Vlad II. Do you oh, see how this works? Oh, yes, I see how it works. Uh, his dad, Vlad II, ruled the kingdom of Wallachia, uh, which is the southern portion of modern Romania. With a name like Wallachia, it has to be good. It has to be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. It sounds like a delicious breakfast treat. I don't know. It, to, it does. We've got Wallachias <laughs> on the table. Or like a pickled fish of some type. I, I see. Don't. If there were a place called Kalachia, it would be in Texas, because they <laughs> freaking love their Kalachis down there for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I hate you, Waco. I hate you. I hate all of you in Waco. I, well, not our listeners. <laughs> not our listeners. Well, uh, yes, even our listeners in Waco. Oh, God. Yeah, and we're going to get to Waco. Spoiler. Aren't we, James? We're going to get to Waco. Sometime. Yes. Okay, i got to stop interrupting you. Okay, so, that's fine. Um, where was Wallachia, James? Uh, southern portion of modern Romania. Okay, so not Texas. Nope. Okay. So anyway, uh, things are looking promising for our little Vladdy. He's a prince of a flourishing kingdom, has an impaled enibiat, and has an awesome but popular Slavic name. Everything's good then, right? Yeah, that sounds good. Wrong! Okay, a little bit of history. Uh, The Ottoman Turks are quickly on the rise of a powerful empire. At this point in time, they have significant holdings in what is today Turkey, Greece, Macedonia, Hungary, and Albania. The Byzantine Empire had managed to hold the Turks off for quite a while, but were now totally surrounded by them. Mm. Only the city of Constantinople remained, basically. But what this meant was that all of Catholic Europe was open to Turkish invasion. Ah, okay. I don't know why I emphasized that but at the beginning of that sentence. It's not uh, too exciting. Oh, uh, yeah, well... You... Anyway, back to the Vlads. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about the Vlads. So, well, I'm not going to. Okay. The Ottoman Sultan <laughs> at this time... <laughs> we'll get to the Vlads, but first we got to meet Murad II, the okay. Ottoman Sultan. So this guy, he orders Vlad's dad, Vlad II, to come and swear loyalty to the Ottomans. 
Because Wallachia was so tiny and weak at this point, Vlad II traveled to the Ottoman Empire with his two eldest sons, Vlad III, mm-hmm. our boy, and Mercia, <laughs> which I didn't know Mercia was a boy's name. I thought it was just somewhere that coconuts did not migrate <laughs> to. <laughs> From the kingdom of Mercia. To the, yeah. uh, but it's Vlad's brother, his oh. older brother. Mm. So our happy trio heads to Turkish lands to swear fealty. Mm. That's kind of a... That's kind of a... I don't like that. Well... No, sir. Uh, you shouldn't like that. Ottomans forcing my good old Wallachians to go and swear fealty. Well, it gets worse. Okay. So, upon arriving to the Sultan's court, Vlad II and his two sons are immediately imprisoned by the Sultan. <sighs> didn't see that one coming? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Vlad II is forced to swear fealty to the Ottoman Empire, and then he's released... But his two sons are kept by the Sultan. Vlad II returns home and immediately does the only logical thing to do when your two boys are being imprisoned by the Sultan. He calls for a crusade against the Sultan. Oh, good! <laughs> good! He deserves it! Oh. Uh, yeah, so, but his two sons are held by his enemy anyway. No, uh, I'm saying he deserves a crusade against well, yeah. the Sultan! Yes, he does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. While this is all going on, Vlad III, and don't forget, this is the Vlad we're actually interested in, okay. and his brother Mercia are actually doing quite well under Ottoman imprisonment. The Sultan had them tutored in science, philosophy, history, the arts, combat, and horse riding. Pretty wow. cool, right? Yeah. Well, cool. Vlad III didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Although he learned much under the Turks, he resented being held prisoner and let the rage slowly and quietly ferment inside of him. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the crusade ultimately failed... Wait, so the crusade went off what happened uh not a lot happened it not a lot of people joined because i mean it's the 1430s or 40s crusades are kind of not not too hip yeah and in the 1430s there were only like what uh, 200 people on the planet or something yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) uh so the crusade failed and so vlad ii was forced to swear fealty to the turks again and his sons were allowed to return home once he swore fealty however things were not too great at home the nobles of Wallachia, upset with the with Vlad II's rule, rebelled against him and civil war broke out. Oh, poor Vladdy. Vlad II and his son Mercia are killed in a swamp battle. <laughs> swamp battle? Dagobah. So like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's what dragged down Artex in that movie. What, what, yeah. What's that movie? Uh, the Neverending Story. Yes. Never, did you see that movie? I, a long time ago, maybe. The death scene of that horse is the most dramatic thing. <laughs> it's like, Artex! And then he goes, the horse is sinking. It's like, no! And then it freeze frames and just fades to black on this kid, like, with his mouth open. I think that's how it goes. Oh, gosh. Well, that was based on this historical event, I believe. Yes, yes. So, Vlad III, our Vlad, manages to live, and this... That is the story of Vlad the Impaler's upbringing. No impaling yet, but that will surely come. I can't wait. Mm. And uh, for that, that includes Vlad's early life. Yes. Did I say includes? Yes, you did. No. But it does. It concludes. I'll say it includes and concludes Vlad's early life. So, when we come back, we'll be back to Elizabeth Bathory. And then after that, we can finally get to some good old impaling. So, oh, gosh. Uh, hang in there, listeners. Listen to some interstitial music. James and I are going to go take a quick break and get drunk. And then we'll be right back. Yes. <laughs> what? what? Did you ever see a dream dancing? Well, I did. And did you ever see a dream romancing? Well, I did. Did you ever... And we're back. We talk about dead people. Oh, it's too much vodka, James. Hey. I just want to sleep. I was just going to sleep the rest of the episode. Okay, we're not actually drunk. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Later, though. (laughs) Uh, and I would like to remind you all that actually there's a Patreon goal uh, reward. Limited quantity of 15 because we don't want to kill ourselves. If you give $75 a month, we will do a drunk episode. Um, and we're still trying to decide if we're going to let you decide which one, or we may just get to just hit record while we're drunk one of these every night. So that's <laughs> oh, no. uh, anyway, so back to Bathory. Uh, yes. I remember Elizabeth. Last time we left her, was governing her own city. Right, she was doing pretty well. Yeah, she was doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, the thing, the only little holdup in her life is that the Ottomans are a problem. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, this uh, it continues to rage on. Now and- I should note here, just for our listeners, that this is a different Ottoman war than the one Vlad was engaged with. <laughs> oh, fight- fighting the Ottomans, I guess, was just kind of the hip thing to do at this point. Okay, so like, uh, this was what, a prerequisite to, or not a prerequisite, what? a precursor to Vlad's war with the Ottomans, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the Ottomans continue to be a problem. 
But anyway, so uh, Bathory's still alone. Her husband's now away at war. Um, and so she's been charged with the defense of the entire estate at Chokta. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's been plundered by the Ottomans before mm. uh, and was actually right on the border of occupied territory, uh, Ottoman-occupied territory, Yikes. I should say. So lots of problems with the Ottomans there. Um, at this time, she had five children, possibly six. Historians aren't completely sure. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it says historians and not yeah, her. <laughs> so historians aren't completely Yeah, she's not completely sure. Well, what? How many? Yeah, five? I mean, six? she definitely has that one loved child with the peasant boy. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that doesn't count. Anyway, so... Uh, However, she was not their key caretaker. Okay. Um, they were all raised by a governess, just like she was. It was pretty common for an ability. At sure, the time. sure. Yeah, because, you know, you have to defend against the Ottomans. You don't have time to you know, feed babies or whatever. Yeah. Um, but sadly, Ferenc died uh, of unknown causes on the 4th of January in 1604. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He'd been suffering vague pains for about three years at this time. And for the last year of his life, he was actually completely disabled, which hmm. is kind of sad. But yeah. Anyway, so he uh, before his death, Ferenc signed his children over to the care of a man named Georgi Thurzo. That's an ominous name. Yeah, he will come up later. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, by this time, however, some serious rumors had been spreading. Oh. They began quietly with stories of young village girls going missing around the castle. Some Lutheran mis- ministers, and remember, uh, Bathory and her whole family are Calvinists, except for Ferenc, who was also a Lutheran, but remember, he's also dead at this mm. time. So some Lutheran ministers began to murmur against her. There were mm. stories going around of Bathory committing some serious cruelties toward her staff, particularly her maidservants. Mm. And on uh, one famous count, which came up much later, recalled a tale of Elizabeth Bathory striking a girl so hard that some blood sprayed out of her nose oh, gosh. and got <laughs> on Bathory's skin. Ugh. And the story is that Bathory is said to have, had, uh, have remarked uh, that where the blood had landed, she noticed a sudden glowing youthfulness, oh. a vitality which she had never seen in her own flesh. Oh, this does not bode no, well. It does not. Ah. Uh, so these rumors seemed to be coming from nowhere. Uh, but the stories became so pervasive that the king himself, uh, Matthias II, ordered an investigation. And this investigation was headed up by none other than, you guessed it, Georgi Thurzo. Mm. Yorgi ordered a full-scale investigation and interviewed over 300 witnesses from the villages surrounding Chaksa. These witnesses included people from all walks of life. Priests, commoners, nobility, castle servants, and even the castle governor all reported strange atrocities being committed within the citadel. Hmm. There were stories of Bathory torturing and murdering oh. the adolescent girls of local peasants who had been hired as castle staff. Um, Bathory had also started a girls' school to train peasant girls, courtly etiquette, and basic literacy. Hmm. Um, but rumors abounded about this institution in particular. Um, the acts varied from severe beatings, mutilation of the hands and feet, oh. freezing, starving, needles being shoved underneath the fingernails. Um, and they, apparently, if you took them out, they would. Ju- she would just cut off your finger. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, uh, there were reports of Bathory ordering up an Iron Maiden. Uh, oh, I, I hope she brought in the heavy metal band from uh, Britain. No, not really. Um, uh, you might say it was more like a British neckbeard band because it was called the Iron Virgin. Mm. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was a metal cage uh, in a feminine shape, suspended in the air upside down oh, with geez. the victim inside. And notes on this say that there were also spikes on the inside of the cage. Uh, just like a regular Iron Maiden, you could twist them and stab the people inside. Um, but anyway, so she was also reported to have burned her victims with hot irons, <laughs> covered them in honey, and allowed insects to feed on oh, them. Gosh. I know. Uh, she was accused, finally, of biting the girls' faces, shoulders, and even forcing some of her victims to cook and eat their own uh, flesh. Sounding like a vampire? Yeah, maybe? this is getting weird. A little bit uh, a little bit Hannibal Lecter here. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does he say? Nice shanti or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but most notoriously of all, of all she was uh, best known for, uh, accused of bathing in the oh, blood oh. of young girls who were drained alive oh. <laughs> above a bathtub. Oh. I know. These are just terrible. Ugh, this but, is too much. <laughs> um, she just, uh, yeah, apparently she believed that their youthful blood rejuvenated her skin and made her look much younger. Mm. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Um, but during the investigation, Georgi Thurzo uh, ordered the yards of the castle to be dug up, where the investigators discovered what were apparently mutilated bodies. Mm. These he paraded before the crowds, and uh, two witnesses claimed to have seen Bathory killing a handful of victims firsthand. And Thurzo arrested Bathory shortly after this investigation began because of these accounts. 
Um, four of her servants were accused of being accomplices to murder. Uh, these servants were ultimately all executed, uh, except for one, uh, while Bathory was on house arrest during the trial. Uh, in the trial, there were 300 witnesses who spoke against Bathory, and uh, all except for one. Hmm. Um, but some witnesses reported removing as many as 200 bodies oh, from the castle. Gosh. And one witness said that Bathory had a list of her victims, on which was uh, 650 names. Huh. Uh, the court settled for 80, though. <laughs> so, 80 seems close enough to 650. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, Matthias II, the king uh, of the region, I think, uh, he owed Elizabeth Bathory a lot of money. Hmm. Uh, and because of these accusations, um, these debts were forgiven. That uh, seems <laughs> a little convenient. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he suggested that she be executed. Um, but Thurzo, being the good guy that he was, oh, of course. talked him down to life imprisonment in the castle. Oh. <laughs> which was basically what she was doing anyway, so... You know. yeah. But, twist, she was taken into a bricked set of rooms, which only had a few small slits through which food and ventilation could travel. Oh. So, a little worse uh. than just being imprisoned in the entire castle. Yeah. Uh, but that actually does it for her, her adult life. This, is, this will all be investigated at a later stage, but right now we're going to go back to Vlad... The Impaler's adult life. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just roll right through that? Let's okay. not take a break. Let's, let's do it. Let's just go. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. okay. So back to Vlad. In 1448, Vlad II, who I'll just call Vlad now as the other Vlad is dead. You mean the other Vlads? Yeah, well, one the, of them. The Mad Vlads. Oh, he's the Mad Vlad? Is this oh, the Mad Vlad? Oh, shoot. I made a mistake. It's what? not Vlad II. It's Vlad the Third. Oh, damn Vlad the Third is our guy. <laughs> Vlad the Third is our guy. Audience. Vlad the Second is dead. Yes. Vlad the Second died so badly in a swamp. Yes. yes. Vlad the Third. Tried yep. to retake his father's throne. Mm -hmm. The guy who was currently ruling Wallachia was named Vladislav II. <laughs> so another Vlad. I don't know what it is. But with the Slavs and bit the name Slavic than the other Vlads. The yeah, yeah, this okay. isn't Vlad. It's Vladislav. <laughs> uh, anyways, Vladislav II was campaigning away from home. So Vlad, with Ottoman support, steals the throne of Wallachia and rules. For about two months, until Vladislav returns home with an army and throws Vlad out. He comes in and says, what is this man doing in my throne? Get out of here. Just throws him out. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, well, at this point, our hero Vlad kind of disappears from history for a few years, uh, but still no impalements yet. I know, I'm wondering when that's going to happen. Yeah, it may not. Who knows? Oh. Well, I know. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, in 1453, the world forever changed as Constantinople fell to the Ottoman Sultan Mehmed II. Meh. Meh. He was a meh ruler. Meh. Med. <laughs> uh, Constantinople was largely, largely seen as the last bastion of defense of Christendom against the Islamic Turks. Mm -hmm. Why is this important for our boy Vlad? Well, now it might be easier for him to find support for his rule if he vows to fight against oh, the I Ottomans. See. It's a little propaganda going on right, here. Yeah. yeah, we lost Constantinople. It's time to take it back. Yeah. Well, or, or just defend against the Ottomans. Oh, it's, they, so it has They keep coming. Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah. Ottomans just keep coming. They've been coming forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've been around since the dawn of time. That's yeah. it's his rule. That's true. No. That is, well, that is a true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so this is what Vlad does. He goes to King Ladislaus V of Hungary and pledges loyalty if he is made ruler of Wallachia. Oh, that's good. The King of Hungary agrees and makes Vlad the military commander of Wallachia. Nice. Also call, called a voivode or whatever you said earlier. Voivode. Same thing. <laughs> uh, Vlad immediately halts the Wallachian tribute to the Turks. Wait. Oh, right. So they were paying yeah. tribute to the Turks to like keep them from... Well, it was kind of, yeah, like a, a peace treaty. We'll oh. pay you money. Just don't kill I us. I see. I see. Yep. Okay. But Vlad stops this immediately. Okay, good. Uh, but there are also troubles at home. Oh. You'll remember that Vlad's dad and brother were killed by the nobles and merchants of Wallachia. So what does Vlad do? He gets rid of the nobles and merchants in Wallachia. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, allegedly, he invited almost all of the Wallachian nobles to a grand feast in order to earn their allegiance. Oh. At this banquet, Vlad's <gasps> soldiers grabbed all of the nobles and, you guessed it, Whoa. impaled them. <laughs> now, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but <laughs> I'm assuming right. a little bit something like this. Yeah. They're uh, all like, this is the worst episode and it's the end of a season. Uh, I just wondered, like, did he feed them before he impaled them? Uh, he he might fed them spears. <laughs> <laughs> Asparagus spears. Okay, and my question is, did they, did they like, line them up against the wall and, like, stick them there? Or were they, like, all dining and soldiers just, you know, got around them and stuck them through to the table? I don't know. I, I don't really know. I'm and sure so there's a tapestry out there somewhere. <laughs> Well, some people say these guys weren't impaled. They were just killed some other way. I prefer the impaling. Me too, yeah. Just my opinion. Thus the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Uh, but he also had the merchants to get rid of. Uh, Saxon merchants. Ah, the I, Saxons. Why they're in Wallachia, I don't know, but they are. So he goes throughout the towns and rounds up the Saxon merchants and impales them too. Wait, so, so wait, wait, wait. What was his problem with Saxons in particular? They, well, so the Saxon merchants were, they didn't like this guy ruling. They didn't like Vlad. Um, I guess the other merchants liked him or were okay with him. Okay. But the <laughs> Saxons, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a whole chapter of him dealing with the Saxon merchants. Oh, I see. Uh, and there's a lot of them, apparently. I don't know why they're here. Sort um, of like those, I kind of imagine that scene in, what is it, the Odyssey, where <laughs> Odysseus gets home and kills all the suitors. Yeah, kind of what right. happens. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to pause here and briefly describe the act of impalement in <laughs> case our listeners are a little fuzzy on the act. Well, wait, okay, so it's big, It's different from just sticking a person through this. There's a complex process here. Well, th- there's a couple different... I was looking this up. It's horrible. There's a couple different ways of impaling someone. Uh-huh. Uh, but the most popular way is the one I shall describe. It's pretty brutal. Uh. Mm. So, get ready. Uh, what would happen is that a tall stick, pole, or log was sharpened at one end. Uh. This end was then inserted somewhere on the body where I don't think many people oh. would want it inserted. The victim was then hoisted up and mounted on the pole. Gravity would then work its magic, and the person would slowly slide down the pole until the point of the pole hit too much bone. Oh, and all of this was done while the person was still alive. Oh, my God. Yeah, and this this one guy said that uh, you could live for four to eight days on this pole. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, So, horrible. Uh, Pretty brutal. Yeah. And Vlad boasted that he killed tens of thousands of people this way at this time. Ugh. Uh, that's but, messy. But you gotta give it to him. He's got a strategy. Yeah. So he gives the money and property of the deceased to new people who would be absolutely loyal to him. Oh, well, that's a great strategy. I, well, it's effective <laughs> for now. <laughs> Uh, in this way, Vlad made Valachia a very orderly and safe place. One legend states... <laughs> orderly and safe? He's impaling people! Well, as long as you're, like, obeying the rules... As long as you're not a Saxon, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, one legend states that in his capital city of Targoviste... I'm probably murdering that name, but yeah. I'm just going to call it that. Targoviste. Uh, there was a solid golden cup sitting on the public market fountain. The golden cup was there for anybody to steal... But nobody ever stole it because they feared Vlad so much. Wow. That's effective. That's, that's like a chip on your shoulder, except the chip is a goblet on a fountain. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I dare you to knock this chip off. <laughs> I dare you to take this, this freaking goblet. It's just a can of Pringles. <laughs> uh, so once his kingdom was secure on the inside, Vlad began to look to his neighbors. Oh. At this time, the king of Hungary, who had given Vlad rulership over Vlachia, was dealing with a big rebellion. Vlad thanked the Hungarian king, who had helped him earlier, by militarily supporting and allying with the rebellion. Oh. So Vlad well. invaded the region of Transylvania. Mm, there's and, that name uh, again. Transylvania. And he impaled a bunch of men, women, and children. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. Women and children, too? Yep. Uh, wow. He then declared himself sole ruler and king of Wallachia. How do you do that? Do you just like, okay, I've got all these women and children impaled in these sticks. I'm just going to stand up on this stage and I am your king. I um, guess I'd listen. Please don't put me on a stick. That, I don't know. I've fun. seen a lot of Facebook posts about declaring kings of Wallachia. <laughs> I think that's how it's done. <laughs> okay. Relationship status changed. King of Wallachia. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile, Sultan Mehmed II was kind of pissed that Vlad wasn't sending him money anymore. So, the Sultan sent envoys to Vlad to demand the tribute to be reinstated. Mm. On one of these visits, it's said that the Turkish envoys refused to remove their turbans in the presence of Vlad. Oh. They cited religious reasons for their refusal. Mm-hmm. And Vlad commended the ambassadors for their religious fervor. And oh, then, oh, good. That's very nice. Tolerance. That's good. Well, uh, then yeah. he ordered that their turbans be nailed to their heads Whoa. in order that they will never have to take their turbans off. Oh, my God. Uh, needless That's to say, awful. Vlad did not start paying the tribute yeah, again. I don't think so. And the envoys go home and they're like, we can't take these Do off. Do you have any Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> My head kind of hurts. Uh, mm. Well, the Sultan responded by sending more envoys to Vlad. That's so stupid. Uh, he nailed the... Well, no, no d- just wait. Oh. Um, it is an improvement. He, uh, he sends Greek uh, ambassadors, and these Greeks did not wear turbans. Oh. Uh, so, no problem there. Uh, but anyway, the Sultan had a sneaky plan. Did he put turbans on them and then nail them? Or, oh, okay. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Vlad didn't nail anything to these men's heads, as oh, far as I know. Okay. Maybe he did. But there's a, the Sultan has a sneaky plan. 
His plan was for the envoys to tell Vlad to come to Constantinople because the Sultan wanted to talk with him. Oh. Like a coffee talk or yeah, something. Let's yeah, have some, let's have some Turkish coffee. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, once in Ottoman territory, though, Vlad was to be apprehended and imprisoned. Oh, that's so sneaky. However, Vlad learned of this plot before agreeing to this arrangement and responded by killing the envoys. Oh, great. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they kind of deserved it. If they well, I mean, they were tricking him, yeah. so... Or maybe they didn't know. Maybe Trick me, I'll <laughs> impale you. <laughs> They're like, why? Oh, uh, yeah. so sad. Uh, so then Vlad, he gathered his army and heavily raided Ottoman land. Ah. He personally took credit for the deaths of 23,000 dead Turks and Bulgarians. Oh, my gosh. And cited that he killed them for the preservation of Christianity and the strengthening of the Catholic faith. <sighs> I've heard that one before. Yeah, I had a girl yeah. break up with me Is it for the preservation of Christianity and the really? strengthening of Catholic faith. Yeah, not really, but... Uh... No. Okay, yes. <laughs> may have happened. Uh, so what did Sultan Meh do? Well, Sultan Mehmed II, he responded by gathering a force of 150,000 soldiers, wow. which is a huge amount. That is huge. Uh, and he invaded Vlad's kingdom of Wallachia. So like when Vlad wasn't home, Mehmed like gets 150,000 guys and just like goes around his back. and like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, did not see that coming. No, uh... So Vlad did not have nearly enough soldiers to fight off such a huge army, so he relied on a scorched earth policy and guerrilla warfare to slow down the invasion. As you do. Yep. He did such things as burn farmland, poison wells, and pay sick people to join the <laughs> ranks of the Ottoman army and spread their various diseases. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Oh. That's, uh, that's actually kind of clever. Honestly. It is. It's just terrible. Um, Terribly clever. I guess you could say that. <laughs> Uh, so Vlad, he also constantly sent raids against the Turks, and oh. in one of these raids, it was just Vlad and his bodyguard. Oh, awesome. Uh, I know, riding into the Turkish camp in the middle of the night. Wow. Their goal was to make it to the Sultan's tent and kill him, which would send the entire Turkish army into disarray. It would have been such an epic story, except Vlad and his guards attacked the wrong tent. <laughs> Uh, they got away, though, so I guess it's still pretty awesome. Well, I mean, I guess you can't blame him. It was nighttime. What tent looks different from others? Right, yeah, I mean, the Sultan's tent is probably just... Bigger. Bigger, <laughs> so they attack the biggest tent, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh. Uh, and there's just one guy in there, like, who's the Sultan's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you killed Henry? Hmm. So, I don't know why that was like, uh, never mind. <laughs> just get rid of that when you edit this. Yes, I'll uh, edit this. I'll edit the whole thing out. Good. <laughs> edit me out. Anyway, so the Sultan and his army had to deal with these attacks. Uh, they kept pressing on and eventually made it to the capital of Targoviste. However, upon arriving at the city, they found it completely deserted of inhabitants and defenders. Oh. But they did hear something. Oh, no. They heard the sounds of thousands of dying Turks. Oh, my God. Upon investigating, the Sultan and his soldiers found what's estimated to be between twelve and 23,000 impaled Ottoman Turks. Oh. Who had been captured by Vlad. Oh, my God. This was a literal forest of impaled men right outside of the city. Wow. The Greek historian, and I'm going to butcher this name, Leonikos Chakakondylis, or something like that. Wow, that's pretty good. That's he cool. said, the Sultan's army entered into the area of the impalement, which was 17 stades long and 7 stades wide. I gotta say, it's Stadis. Is it? Yeah, I learned this in, in, in Greek history. Really? Stadis. Stadis. Yeah, Stadis. Stadis. I don't know. And there's probably going to be some listeners like, no, it's actually stades, you idiot. But, <laughs> well, know, hey, mm. whatever. Okay. Uh, back to the quote. There were large stakes there on which, as it was said, about 20,000 men, women, and children had been spitted. Uh, Quite a sight for the Turks and the Sultan himself. Yeah, no kidding. The Sultan was seized with amazement and said... <laughs> amazement? Yeah, well, listen to what he says. And said that it was not possible to deprive of his country a man who had done such what? great deeds. Who had such a diabolical understanding of how to govern his realm Ooh. and its people. And he said that a man who had done such things was worth much. What? Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, the rest of the Turks were dumbfounded when they saw the multitude of men on the stakes. Uh, there were... Uh, I don't want to read this last. Oh, no. I'm going to skip that. Um, but, no, you got to read it. Uh, the listeners are going to wonder. There were infants, too, affixed to their mothers on the stakes, and birds had made their nests in the entrails. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so the Turks went back home. Yeah. And Vlad was victorious. <laughs> uh, and on that lovely note, I'll turn it back over to you, Aaron. Quite a victory. Let's I be honest guess. here. I need a break after that I do, shit. too. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. Vlad, you are a terrifying motherfucker. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Oh, my God.
All right. Well, hang with us, listeners. We'll be back to talk about these two uh, people and their deaths. Mm. Yes. So get ready for some more morbidity. And we are back to We Talk About Dead People. I am feeling significantly more tired than I was when we started this. I think think it just wears on you when you talk about thousands of people being, you know, spitted. It's depressing. (laughs) We gotta do, like, Mother Teresa and Gandhi in the next episode or something. (laughs) Gandhi was a fun guy. Yeah. Mother Teresa's a controversial figure, from what I understand. That's true, I've heard that too. But they're not gonna be as bad as these two yeah. Vampire things. They're not going to be impaling thousands of people. No. Yeah. But anyway, last time we left uh, Bathory, uh, she had just been put on trial and right. uh, and her and accused of all these awful, awful crimes. Um, but she was actually found guilty. Go figure. Hmm. Uh, she was imprisoned in this castle for four years uh, in these two rooms with bricked off walls and just little slits for ventilation and food. Um. And she was reportedly uh, supposed to have spent most of her time praying and singing hymns. Typical. Yeah. Um, You know, just a godly vampire. (laughs) Um, At the end, she complained to a guard outside that her hands were deathly cold. And Hmm. he told her, he's like, lie down, go to sleep. And she was found dead the next morning. Hmm. Uh, She was buried in the village cemetery, but the villagers wouldn't have it. Understandable. (laughs) Yeah, she was ultimately moved to Exed. I think that's Exed, Exed. At the Bathory family crypt. But the crypt was unearthed in 1938, and there were no remains or markings for Elizabeth Bathory in the crypt. Hmm. Oh, kind of weird. Yeah. Um, now, uh, this is the interesting part. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of controversy around Elizabeth Bathory's alleged murders, and it's really worth exploring. I knew it. Yeah, I know. So there was a paper written by a guy, uh, or a girl, I, I think it's a girl, I really don't know. Uh, Irma, I assume that's a girl's name, but... Paper written by, uh, and I'm going to mess this up, but Irma, Dr. Irma Shadetsky uh, Cardos. Hmm. Uh, and th- this person argues that the whole thing was a made up uh, sham uh, as a power grab on behalf of Georgi Thurzo. And Irma makes some excellent points, uh, to be fair. Uh, there's a few things. Number one, Thurzo was a Lutheran. And Lady Bathory was a Calvinist. Ah. Uh-huh. There was already a lot of tension between Lutherans and Calvinists, sure. obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first men, and also the first men who reported the murders were uh, Lutheran priests. Ah. Yeah. So they had it out for her, uh, allegedly, we see. Uh, Elizabeth was apparently very tolerant of Lutherans, but also firm in her Calvinist beliefs. Mm. She did marry a Lutheran, but remained a Calvinist. And at the same time, she supported Lutheran efforts to build schools and educate their ministers. So that's a good thing. Okay, yeah. Um, but, you know, the Lutherans still didn't see that as enough. Uh, and then uh, the second uh, the second thing is that the rumor that Bathory bathed in the blood of young women was only popularized long after her death uh, at the height of the Counter-Reformation. Ah, uh-huh. A Jesuit priest named Laszlo Taroxi, Taroxi? Yeah, Taroxi wrote a fable about Elizabeth Bathory with the purpose of making the Protestant Reformation look worse than it was. Classic yeah. Christian infighting. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's just the way it was back then. Yeah, but he attributed these bloody acts to Bathory's conversion from Catholicism to Lutheranism, which, if you'll remember, Bathory was neither <laughs> Catholic nor Lutheran at any time. <laughs> um, but Taroxi sought to smear the Protestants even more by using this fable. Mm-hmm. And not only did he write about the bloodbathing, but he also exaggerated the rumors about Bathory's sadism. Uh, at the trials, it was rarely reported that Bathory got any kind of crazed pleasure out of her tasks, mm. but uh, Taroxi wrote at length about her sadism and went as far as to make up a whole story about Thurzo catching Bathory in the act of murdering a fresh victim. Gosh. Yeah, I know. So this gets a little bit fishier and fishier. Uh, the third thing is that the investigation obviously uh, was conducted by Thurzo, but he never produced any concrete evidence. What? <laughs> uh, according to Dr. Irma, there was no evidence linking Bathory to the murders of any kind. Um, there was every sign of a, and I quote, show trial. Uh, the construction of forged evidence, the dissemination of false rumors, and the use of horror stories to intimidate and manipulate witnesses. Wow. Yeah, and Irma goes on uh, to say that the trial was riddled with serious violations of the justice process at the time. Uh, Erzabet, or Elizabeth in our case, was arrested and imprisoned without any formal charges, summons, trial, mm. or sentencing. 
in order to avoid a proper trial, uh, Palatine Thurzo refused to comply with the requests of the Bathory family, the public position of the Hungarian aristocracy, and even with King Matthias II's writ urging him to follow formal legal procedures. Huh. Yeah. I know. Uh, Thurzo would later explain his numerous violations of the justice system as an effort to save Bathory, uh, save the Bathory's family reputation, uh, wealth, and Elizabeth's life, ironically enough, uh, pr- by preempting a death sentence. What a scumbag. I know. <laughs> However, these motives were called into question by Thurzo's well-documented efforts to organize a nationwide rumor campaign to create trumped-up charges and construct forged evidence against Erzabit. Justice. <laughs> At any cost. Uh, and the fourth thing, I know, it goes on. Uh, the fourth thing, wherever witnesses were gathered from, uh, rumors had been disseminated long before any trial was put on. Of the 300, there were no witnesses who had been hurt or had seen the actual events. Um, this is to say that none of this is to say that none of the witnesses were eyewitnesses, <laughs> and each of the three hundred cited a different number of victims. Mm. Some saying six hundred and fifty, others saying a hundred. While Elizabeth's alleged compatriots could only think of thirty-six total victims that could have possibly been killed under her control. Well, at least I'm not the only person who can count. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, we're onto our sixth thing. I mean, our fifth thing. That's a counting mm. joke. Oh, yeah. joke. Funny. Uh, yeah. Oh. So the fifth thing was uh, caring for women and children was. Just uh, a duty, uh, not that Countess... uh, Caring for women and children was not just a duty that Countess Bathory liked. It was something that was expected from women at the time. Uh, While her husband was required to provide health care for the men of the community, she was required to care for the women. Uh, Bathory has many surviving letters describing healing and medical attention uh, that went on in her court. She employed dozens of herbalists and healers and brought in many foreign medical practices, many of which people found to be very strange. Hmm. Uh, there was a woman uh, who was later accused of being a witch, uh, Anna Darbulia. Uh, she was one of these outsiders, and her methods included surgery and bloodletting, which was uh, an activity reserved for male doctors at the time. Ah. <laughs> uh, this aroused suspicion of black magic and sorcery. Because how <laughs> dare a woman practice medicine? Yes, how, how dare they? That's the man's job, yes. <laughs> uh, witness testimony at her trial regarded these foreign healers as witches. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I know. Um, surgery at the time was seen as blood magic, uh, and many of the practices described as torture by the witnesses can easily be recognized as painful surgeries coming straight from the medical books written at the time. Okay. Uh, as far as, like, specific tortures that we mentioned earlier, as far as, like, burning people with irons or whatever, mm-hmm. um, open wounds were cauterized. Uh, infected oh. tissue was torn out with red-hot tongs. I know it's painful, but that was the whole thing. Right. Um, high fevers were treated with freezing temperature baths, alternated with hot temperature baths. Okay. <laughs> Arthritis <laughs> was treated by rolling a patient's entire body in stinging nettles. <laughs> uh, and the needles being shoved underneath victims' nail beds. Um, th- this was a pretty common practice, actually. It was huh. used to excise boils that often formed underneath the nails of seamstresses. Um, And there was also a treatment for tongue abscesses that involved piercing the tongue. Wow. Talk about using science to dispel (laughs) age-old myths. (laughs) So the sixth thing, and these are shorter from here on out, but the sixth thing is uh, the recorded deaths occurring on Elizabeth's estates coincided with well-documented outbreaks of bubonic plague and typhus. Hmm. Eight women died in one week at the castle because of typhus, a fact that Thurzo used against Bathory. Um, this was proven to be even more absurd when it was discovered that Bathory was nowhere near the castle oh, at the gosh. time. Yeah, she was traveling with her daughter and her uh, whole staff. Huh. Um, the seventh thing is we actually have a surviving letter from Thurzo's wife indicating that Thurzo recruited and paid false witnesses to oh testify against the Countess. <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh, and the eighth thing, the eighth and final thing, Bathory was never allowed to speak for herself at her trial. <laughs> I know. And no one... Uh. I mean, get this. No one was allowed to testify on her behalf (laughs) either. I know. And all of her accomplices were tortured and executed, except for the one, before they could provide testimony in court. Justice again. I know. know. (laughs) Wow. (coughs) So, was she innocent? Uh, Was she guilty? We'll likely never know. But whatever the case, she spawned a whole folklore of vampirism. Vampirism? (laughs) Of vampirism Uh, that still sticks with us today. Jeez. I know. Kind of crazy, right? Hmm. So, uh, why don't we just roll right over into Vlad the Impaler's end? Let's do it. Okay, so, um, if you remember, Vlad had just repulsed the Turkish invasion with a forest of impalements. Uh, not long after this, he was kicked off the Wachian throne by his own people, the Hungarians, and some Turks. Wow. 
It seems that he had kind of successfully pissed everybody off with his love of war and impalement. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. Uh, so Vlad flees to the mountains, uh, but was captured by the Hungarians and imprisoned for 14 years. Wow, that's a long time to be imprisoned by it Hungarians. Uh, <laughs> one, one legend says, says that while he was in prison, Vlad captured and impaled rats because he oh. could not forget his own cruelty. Oh, poor rats! Well, I think I think this was made up many years after he died. But, I know, but still. But still. Uh, <laughs> Uh, eventually, Vlad was... You, you didn't say that about the people being impaled. <laughs> but the rats! Uh, Who cares about the Turks? Oh, wow. Oh, there God. goes our Turkish nope, audience. There goes our Turkish audience. <laughs> uh, we're sorry, Turks. Sorry, Turks. Because <laughs> they're still around. <laughs> they are! Wait, what? There's a country named after them. There's a country named Turkey? Yeah! No. It's not just a food. I thought the Ottoman Empire fell. It did, it but did, they but... lived on. Okay, so what I should be us. saying is I don't feel bad for Ottoman Turks. Well, I don't know. There goes our Ottoman Turk audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, for the geez. record, I, I did know there was a country called Turkey. Okay. Good. I, I laughed at it a lot when I found it on the globe as a kid. Mm, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so eventually Vlad was released because the Wallachians were allying with the Turks and Hungary needed somebody to stop this. Vlad seemed like the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. So Vlad was reinstated as ruler of Latia for the third time now. But was rather poor and unliked. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He was poor? Yeah, it, so he lived in a house <laughs> instead of a castle right now. Oh, my. Uh, so I guess just, yeah, there's King Vlad <laughs> sweeping his doorstep. <laughs> He's got a double wide now. He's really upgraded. <laughs> uh, so one of these stories around this time tells how a group of soldiers entered into Vlad's house while chasing after a thief who they thought had hidden there. Vlad was so angry that the soldiers had entered his home without permission that he had the commander executed. Wow. Knock before you come in. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was doing his own impaling at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually, though, Vlad began to get stronger and the Volachian economy flourished as he greatly encouraged free trade. Oh, okay. Uh, but, I wonder how he started getting stronger. He started lifting those weights, you know, hitting uh, the bench. Mm. Yeah. Protein powder. <laughs> uh, his Vlad old the lifter or something. <laughs> uh, his old enemy, though the Turks, had not forgotten what he had done to them. Well, who could? I, I, I'm not going to forget about this. Hey, uh, you remember that forest of our countrymen we found? <laughs> it's now a national park. Oh. In- <laughs> God, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, so. What? Oh, so war soon broke out between Vlad and the Turks again, and Vlad was yeah. eventually killed in battle against them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I know. Abrupt, right? I, I, yeah, that just came out of nowhere. He, so. he dies Wait, in a battle. Was he like, did he like go down on a hill of impaled corpses, or would they impale him? Or what? I don't know. Um, they didn't impale him? No. So he died. Just uh, died. He just, <laughs> it wasn't even because of the battle. It was no, I don't know. <laughs> it was uh, just fighting the battle. It's like, oh god, my heart. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a few different legends about this. Uh, mm. Some say his body was buried in a nearby church, while others report that the Turks cut up his body into little pieces and distributed the pieces amongst mm. themselves. Ugh. Either way, Vlad had met his end. Wow. Okay, uh, so that's the end, right? Well, okay, he, he, but he's. Known for a lot more. Uh, oh, okay. You'll remember the vampire things in the beginning of this show? Okay. Uh, so, the legend of Vlad has grown to huge proportions, even wow. during his own lifetime. While he lived, the printing press had just been invented, and stories of Vlad the Impaler were distributed far and wide. People never change. No. <laughs> I mean, look at us. We're sitting here, like, laughing about a forest of people being impaled. Uh, and, you know, the, back then, they're doing the exact same thing, just with, like, an old-timey printing press. Yeah, you know? exactly. The podcasters of the day. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple of douchebags in an apartment with a, with a printing press laughing with themselves. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get famous. Donate to us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, well, go uh, on, his sorry. Explo- his exploits were especially popular reading among the Germans. Damn it, Germans. Damn it, Germans. <laughs> we just lost our German audience. I know, we've lost so many. Our Slavic, Hungarian, Ottoman, German oh, audiences, uh, gone. Yeah, the Ottomans are And our Waco them. Texans. Yeah, well, we'll lose them again in a future episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> 
So obviously there are a lot of myths about Vlad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of these early writings claim that he would eat dinner while surrounded by dying impaled people. Oh my god. Some say he would eat the flesh of those impaled, etc. Stories like these are almost certainly untrue. You say that with such confidence. Uh, Well, as much confidence as Wikipedia has uh, given me. (laughs) (laughs) Stories like these are almost certainly untrue, says James. But, you know, we we are... uh, because we say that because it couldn't possibly be that cruel, right? He couldn't possibly be that, but he right. did impale a forest of people. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, uh, it's kind of universally accepted that he was a brutal leader and did impale tens of thousands of people. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Nearly all historians of this time uh, agree to this and describe it in detail. And this is why Vlad the Third is better known as Vlad the Impaler. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> uh, but I should also mention that Vlad the Impaler is also often called Count Dracula. Oh. Yes, the vampire. Here yeah. we go. Uh, and there's a little bit of truth to this story. Okay. Vlad was inducted into the Christian knight organization known as the Order of the Dragon. <laughs> That's so, the Order of the Dragon. It's epic. It's like, well, I mean, the Christians, I mean, think about it. The, the right. Revelation, it's the dragon that's the problem. Well, so that's now, true. an order of the dragon? Uh, different dragon? <laughs> this dragon's mission was to defend Christendom, right? Against, Against the, the Turks, Turks. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. But in Hungarian, dragon is called Dracul, oh. or something like that, uh, which is how Vlad got the name Vlad Dracula. So, the feminine version of Dracul. Uh, <laughs> Dracula. If that's how Hungarian. La Dracula. <laughs> I speak Spanish so well. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, however, the vampire stuff is basically all bullshit. Oh, okay. Uh, it wasn't until 1897 when the book Dracula was published that Vlad began to be compared with being a vampire since he is the guy the book is about. Okay. He was not a vampire. Okay. And pretty much all of his actions in the book are completely unhistorical. Mm. <laughs> uh, but for those of you familiar <laughs> with the serial Count Chocula, though, you will be pleased to learn that Vlad was reportedly a huge fan of this serial and oh, would eat it every morning. <laughs> He allegedly said that, and I quote, The only reason why I fought, fight the Ottoman Empire is because a Turk once knocked over my bowl of cereal. Uh, this could just be myth, though. We're not sure. See, now I get why Lord History's after us. because Don't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so did he really like cereal? I gotta know. Um, did he really? Was that on Wikipedia? Uh, it wasn't on Wikipedia. It was actually on a different page. Count Chocula? Is that like, I'm not even going to make that joke. No, don't. I mean, it's a real company. Uh, no. I don't want to be sued by a serial company. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was quite the foray into vampirism, James. All in all, not too different from my typical Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm curious. Uh, do you think uh, Do you think Bathory was innocent? Well, Aaron, I noticed something while going through this story. Oh. Bathory was accused of bathing in blood, right? All right. Bathory! Bath. Coincidence? Uh, yes, definitely. Maybe. Yeah. What? But what if... No. No? Bath stems from the English word bath. What does that make you think of? Uh, my cousin. No! <laughs> uh, if you look at it contextually, bath in Danish means bad. Oh, uh, okay, so bath means bad. But what does ori mean? The definition of ori as a suffix denotes a place for a particular function. Oh my god, so bathery really means... Place for bath! Exactly! And it gets worse! When was Vlad born? In the late 1420s. When was Bathory born? In 1560. What? what page does our notes on Vlad's death begin? Page 16? 14, 15, 16. Aaron, what year is it? Oh my fucking god, it's 2017! 14, 15, 16, 17. And as we know, those numbers are the accursed numbers of the Lupercalian priests of ancient Rome. No! And as you also know, this group sacrificed a male goat and a dog each year on February 15. 15. How old was Bathory when she got married to Ferenc? 15! This number! This number 15 just keeps popping up, doesn't it? How many federal executive departments are there in the United States? 15! And Article 15 of the Soviet Union Constitution is that the supreme goal of social production under socialism is the fullest possible satisfaction of the people's growing material and cultural and intellectual requirements. The Bastards! And what is 15 backwards? It's 51! Area 51! Aaron, do you know what this means? I'm afraid to say it. The United United States States government government is run by communistic alien vampires! The The descendants of Vlad the Impaler and Elizabeth Bathory! Bathory.
just happened i don't know weird pickles probably had something to do with it let's go kick his ass yeah i hate my life oh james you're so funny i want to die <laughs> hey now that's my friend james you're talking about <laughs> james has no friend uh, a buzzkill well, everyone, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did and would like to help support what we do and also help us keep the lights on, please find us on Patreon and throw us a few bucks. That's www.patreon.com slash we talk about dead people. Even a dollar, exactly as much as a sausage McMuffin costs, helps tremendously. And speaking of sausage McMuffins, we have some patrons to thank already. Wow. So... Thank you, Kathleen, and thank you, Adam. You guys are our first donors, and believe us, we love you for it. Well, we would, if we knew how to love. It's hard to trust people anymore, isn't it? I don't even trust myself. <laughs> Me neither. Look, I just stole my own wallet. <laughs> Kill yourself. Speaking of suicide, feel free to send all your hate mail to wetalkaboutdeadpeople at gmail.com. I already sent three letters. Way to set a good example, James. Rangers, lead the way. Eagle Scout status is not the same as Ranger James. <laughs> <laughs>